Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? This is Chad McLeod, one of your city commissioners. Welcome back to A View from Lakeland City Hall. I am joined today here in the In Focus podcast studio with Cindy Clemens from Lakeland Electric, and I'm excited to have Cindy here. If you've listened to the podcast for the last couple of episodes, you know I've talked about having someone from Lakeland Electric, and this was before Hurricane Ian. In fact, Catherine Lacey, who's the marketing manager for Lakeland Electric, was scheduled the week the storm was coming our way or we realized, hey, this uh, thing is headed toward Florida and uh, Polk County's possibly in the path. And I told Catherine, I'm I'm guessing you have one or two or a hundred things to do leading up to storm preparation. And on that list is not sit down and record a podcast about all things Lakeland Electric. So we said, let's just reschedule. And this week, Catherine has been a little under the weather. So Cindy Clemens volunteered to take her spot and come in here. And I really appreciate that. Cindy is the manager of legislative and regulatory affairs for Lakeland Electric. Cindy, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is a wonderful opportunity. So first, let's because the storm is uh, still, I think, to some extent on people's minds in terms of debris collection and just the aftermath. Let's talk about Hurricane Ian and the effort uh, as it relates to power restoration, maybe the number of uh, homes that were without power and all that went into that effort pre and post storm. What can you tell us about that? Well, um, yeah, we learned a lot from Irma, um, I think is the is is one of the big things that we felt good about this restoration. Um, Irma took us 12 days and um, Ian took a six. Wow. Um, and I think that it there were a lot of similarities, um, but there were also some differences. Um, I think one of the, the biggest differences is that we saw a lot of really big oak trees thrown onto the lines for Ian, um, whereas Irma was a little bit, you know, more... Um, more chaos, but not not necessarily like detrimental, like huge oak trees that you could barely cut through to get to the to the wire. So, I think every storm has its own personality. Um, but we were really pleased that we were able to take a lot of learnings from Irma and and put them into action. And um, you know, as much as we hate to have a storm hit for many many reasons, at least we we felt like well, we just did this, so we're ready. We can go. And we did. We did. Well, I think we did well, considering we cut the days in half. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we had sixty thousand, a little more than sixty thousand mm-hmm. homes without power. Right. Right. And the majority of those were restored within the first three, four days. Yeah, and that's that's pretty typical. Um, when you, if you think about it, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna open up the transmission lines first, and then we're gonna work our way to the the critical places like hospitals and nursing homes, um, and then you're gonna go where you can get the most bang for your buck. You're gonna go to the you know I can t- if we go and work on this circuit, we're gonna get a thousand homes back on. So we're gonna go there. Um, so that's you know that's the nature of how you restore. It's it's done across the United States. That's just the approach that is is always taken. Um, and then the, the the smaller percentage of people that are dwindling towards you know that six day, um, in this case you know time frame, those were the ones like I had a friend and she would text me and she's like, we have a huge avocado tree laying on the lines and I'm like yeah you're, we have a, we have a lot of that and I think you know you're gonna be one of the ones that we're gonna have to, you know carve our way to 
because it wasn't just the avocado in front of her house. It was the other large trees mm. on the way to her home. And, um, and once we were able to, you know, literally cut through those trees, we would get there and that takes time, you know, so that that's what you end up with the smaller pockets towards the end. I think, and I heard several people say this, that Lakeland electric this time did a really good job. And I think some of the lessons learned from Irma of communicating multiple times a day. Here are our updates. Mm-hmm. Here's where we are asking for patients and, and explaining some of the why behind how we restore power and situations where maybe the neighbors across the street have power or even yeah. next door to you and you don't. And when you're just looking at it as a resident, it doesn't always make sense. You no. think, well, they have power or you'll see crews come into your neighborhood and then leave. Yes. And I know, so you get some of those questions. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about that? So, um, First of all, you know, thank you for the compliment about the communication. I, I will take that back to Catherine. Yeah. Because um, And I know purely... you played a big role in that because just looking back through Irma and how to, okay, now for the next yeah. time, how do we do this? What can we learn from it? And I know you're, you're a big part of that team. Well, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. But I, I would like to say that, you know, Catherine is always so poised and um, does a good job. So we were, we're lucky to have her. Um, but she did do a good job. She was doing, you know, around, you know, I think we had, um, she set it up. So at 9 a.m., 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. And she was mm. doing updates that entire time. Um, but when you talk, let's go back, you were saying, you know, my neighbor's on and I'm not. That has a lot to do with basically the circuitry of, you know, the wire that is damaged is, you know, feeding that particular house, whereas the wires feeding your home that maybe you have the power is not. They're different circuits. And um, I know that's so frustrating. Um, And especially when you're, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, am I going to stay at my house or am I going to try to stay with friends tonight? Um, What am I going to do with my food in my refrigerator? I mean, we we know, we hear that. And um, so we try to do as much as we can to notify. Um, But you know, that's kind of one of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. And then what was the other question? When you see power crews come into your neighborhood and then leave. Okay. So without having your power restored. Right. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So, okay. Um, that, so we, we ended up like for this particular, um, storm, we had 300 people in the field Wow. and, um, how we do that is we bring in crews from other States and they're, um, most of our municipal utilities, we have some contractors in there and they, um, they will, they have a bird dog with them. So someone who works for Lakeland Electric will be with them. We go out into the system with them. We know where the, you know, we know where the major damage is because we have, um, we have a smaller team that goes out right as the storm has passed and the, and the winds have dropped. We have a team that goes out and says, okay, we have major damage X, Y, Z here. Um, and then those crews will go out with the bird dog and they'll start working. Um, Sometimes when they get there, they'll see, like I I had mentioned my friend with her avocado tree, you know, they came out to her neighborhood um, and she's like, I saw them the the second day and then they disappeared. We didn't have the equipment. The crew that was there wasn't the right crew to do the work to cut through the trees to get to, to fix uh, what needed to be fixed there. So we would pull them, you know, it's very fluid, especially at the very beginning. You're very fluid. You're like, okay, well, we can't, we don't have the equipment. We don't have the right in people i.e tree trimmers at that point you know these are linemen we need to go somewhere where we can put them to work immediately so we'll pull them and put them somewhere else as 
as the days pass, it becomes more focused and, you know, you have less, you know, broad damage. Right. It's, it's more specific. And that's why, you know, you'll, if they come in, like she, she's like, oh, they're back. I'm like, okay, well, if they're back, they're there to stay because at this point they know you need tree trimmers. They probably have brought in an army of them and, and the linemen are ready to jump in as soon as they can get past the trees. It's interesting. There's a lot going on that we don't always see as mm-hmm. residents. And there is a, a system, there's a method, there's a reason why crews are going into neighborhoods, sometimes getting the power back on very quickly and other times they have to come back. So just, I found yeah. that helpful when I saw information explaining that to, to our residents. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the real time, I call it an app on Lakeland Electric's yeah. website that shows if one, if you have an outage and, and then an estimated restoration time. And I heard some people saying it's great, Chad, I you know was able to get, uh, an estimate and see a number. Mm-hmm. And then other times I would log on and it would just say assessing conditions yep. or something Absolute, like that. Yep. And I can't get, when people, uh, some of the ones who were coming to me after the storm were just asking, do you have any idea of when our power will be back on? When I go to this tool, it says assessing conditions and I can't get, seem to get it out of that. Can you yeah. just talk about that? That's tool? absolutely frustrating. Um, and so that was one of our lessons learned. And I can tell you that there's been a couple tweaks already made to that system. Um, I would say that there's always lessons learned and improvements are going to be made on the sure. technology. And I'll, I'll dive deep in a second. But let me also say that, um, you know, we, um, I think as human beings, we, we want specificity. Mm. We want to be able to, you know, we, it's funny because people will zoom in on the map and they're like, okay, is that dot on my house or is it not on my house? Is that my, who's where, yeah. you know, is that am I? And um, I think that, um, we recognize that and we, we learn that more and more, especially with every storm. So we're trying to build in ways that will help with that. So a good example is um, trying to coordinate better with the crews in the field to get those estimates, um, getting the technology to show where the estimate is in the right place when they click on it. We found that um, even though we had kind of at the top of the screen, like general, like this is what you should expect, they were clicking on the button expecting it to be in the bubble. Mm. So th- that, yeah. you know, very simple interface um, by moving that. And then again, like just trying to figure out like, okay, we know there's a lot of tree damage um, in this one particular area. What can we say differently than, you know, just just assessing that will give a little bit more specificity so people can feel like, you know, not frustrated that, right. that they're like, Oh, they, there's a lot of tree damage and I can see it. And it seems like that's what they're reporting. So trying to get more, um, the freedom to go in and, and kind of be more specific within the bubbles. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. And I think it's a great tool and I would guess it will only improve in future years as we use it more and, oh, get, yeah. and get feedback and, and figure out how to, as you said, tweak it. But I, yeah. I do, I know a lot of people were using that. And so that is, that's good to see that there's the ability to yes. provide those yeah. real time updates. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know, we, that we were, it was a big lesson learned. There was a couple of other little things like, um, the technology itself kind of, it, it was almost too smart for itself. Mm. Um, and so you know, when we have smart meters, they tell us whether or not you're on or off. And um, we had kind of upstream of meters that were not on got fixed. And some of it's called it's called nested outages. And so it 
it thinks it's back on because the primary has been fixed. But when you, you know, there's probably a tree lane across the pole, you know, right at your driveway. Well, it didn't pick that up. And so it was saying, oh, you're on. And you're like, I'm clearly not on. Um, so we found it. And that wasn't too bad. I, I don't think that we had not even a thousand of those, but yeah. it was a, it was called a nested outage. And so it was kind of like the technology was almost thinking ahead of itself. Mm. And we had to go in and, and again, tweak, like I said, to make sure that the system wasn't picking that up and claiming that people were back on. So it's, it's interesting, the technology. It, it has really evolved since Irma. In fact, we, I, we were saying the other day, we have so many software programs. We had um, a review on Monday, kind of just like getting back together and saying, what did we learn? What did we, and one of the things that came up was we have a lot of technologies. We have a smart meter technology where, you know, I can, if I got a call, say from you, and you're like, Cindy, you know, I'm getting a call from this nursing home that says they don't have power. I could literally myself not bother anyone else, log into the smart meter system and ping it mm. and see if it, if it, you know, ping means yes, we're active yeah. and working. Yeah. Um, so I, I think one of the things is sometimes when you get all that new technology, you have to specify, okay, here's, you know, the seven different software programs that we have that are beneficial after we, we've been yeah. hit by a storm. Here's who can use it. And by the way, are they trained on right. it? That's huge. And, and I'm sure that's challenging because some of those systems you may not use every day. You're using exactly. them all at once yes. post-storm. And, and certainly you go through exercises and try to mimic those conditions, but it's not the real thing until you're, exactly. you're in it. So do yep. you have an idea of, I know we had a lot of linemen, you mentioned not only our crews, but crews from out of state. Do you know how many we had out in the field? On 300. Any? 300. Yeah. Okay. 300. That's right. And we normally yeah. have like our, our crew in house is about 60. Um, but we brought in, like I said, linemen. We also brought in a lot of tree crews, which yeah. we were, we were lucky to get. Well, we certainly think all of those linemen and everyone at Lakeland Electric working long days, putting in many hours mm -hmm. to get people's power back on. And I, you could see that you could see the hustle. And what I heard, even in some of the frustrations or complaints about we don't know when our power is going to get back on or mm -hmm. neighbors they have it we don't there was still a gratefulness from most people just for the work that was being done agree. recognizing yeah. that hey these um, men and women are working as hard as they can to get our power yeah. back and, and really committed to that and so I think that came through and as a commissioner that that was encouraging to me yeah I think um, because armor wasn't I mean, it wasn't just yesterday, but it wasn't so long ago. Um, like the before Irma, the most traumatic, you know, event yeah. before was from '04. Yeah, wow. and you know, you kind of forget. Um, but this one, I think Irma was close enough that I think people remembered. Um, you know, it, it, there's almost a level of PTSD. Yeah. You know, um, because it is very emotional, and and you are working a lot of hours, and then. You know, you know, your customers are, you know, if they're not in a place where they can go to a friend's house that does have power, they're suffering. They're without power. They're without refrigerator. And especially if you have children right. and pets and, I, yeah. you know, so I think that everyone kind of remembered that, I think, yeah. a little bit better this time. Um, and I think there was some grace. There was a lot of grace this time that um, I think when we got hit before we ran short of. Yeah, it was. I, I know people who were in the long stretch during Irma on the outer edge of that restoration effort. Yeah. And then the same now because it was cut in half or you know, however much faster, 
were very appreciative. They definitely remember Irma. So yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the other things that have been coming before the commission, the utility committee. I wanted to talk about fuel rates because mm-hmm. we have had to increase fuel rates significantly since this year. But when I look back from when I took office, and I, I think rates were around $20 mm-hmm. a kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. maybe a little less. And now we're at 75. Right. And so that is, that's a big jump. And I'll talk in a little bit about base rates and kind of breaking that down, because I think that is something it's, it can be confusing and difficult to understand. But the question I get, and I'm sure other commissioners is when people see their electric bills and there's a jump, why is my bill Mm -hmm. going up so much? And then when you start to explain and try to talk about fuel rates and we're having to increase those. Well, why is that? What's happening? What has caused right. us to have to increase those rates as much as we have? Yeah. And that, so that primarily is the market for natural gas. The price has gone up, but the price has gone up for many reasons, right. not just one. Um, you know, we have seen, um, you know, where there's just a, a in, in, an increase primarily because of what we're seeing in Europe with Russia not providing um, natural gas to Eastern Europe, and so they're ta- so what you're seeing is a lot of our you know domestic production is being sent over to Europe, which causes a shortage. There's also there's like there's been some things that you wouldn't think would cause an issue, but there's like a major. Um, section of where the gas is fed to florida and it was down it wasn't working it and they were i don't know if it was a planned outage or an unplanned outage but that limited the amount and so when you have a limited amount whether it be because of the war or because of the physical constraint that you know a major pipe corridor is is not working that makes your price go up um we have a we are fortunate as um as a municipal utility we can hedge which means we can go in and lock in prices so that they don't go above a certain level and we can't do that forever but we can do it long enough that it kept us if 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 you and i I can show you this it's on a website that we have but it kept us pretty much lower than a lot of other people in the state of florida because of that hedging that we had locked in those prearranged prices. Um, but we hit a point where we were beyond that. We started having to really kind of knuckle down and pay what everyone else was paying. Um, but, and that's important thing too, is that fuel is a pass through cost. So even though the price went up, doesn't mean that we're, Ellie's not getting more money. Um, and unfortunately what we're doing is we're just trying to pay for the cost of the gas itself. And so that's with these high bills that we've been seeing, coupled with mother nature it's been a very Mm, hot mm. summer um and so with that um you know it's just kind of like well we're using the electricity even more and the gas is even more so you know and and i think one of the things that someone said to me the other day that i work with they're like you know one of the ways that i help combat it he was saying when people are upset about it is listen we're paying it too yeah you yeah. know, we, we are, we're very aware as well. Um, you know, and I think that's when we start talking more about what can you do? What power do you mm-hmm. have as the consumer to take advantage of, of, you know, cutting that bill? And there's ways to do that, of course. Yeah. What Not, are some of those, what are some tips you would give to people listening? How did they, I think we're all looking for ways to cut yeah. costs. So how, how can people do that? So, um, 
Well, back to my friend with the avocado tree. Um, she is, uh, we had gone to dinner and I knew, you know, what was happening with the market. And I told her, I said, hey, listen, you know, your, your electricity bill is about to go up. So, I, you know, be ready because we have a fuel increase. And um, she's like, okay. And she took it very seriously. She started running her air conditioner at 78. Mm. And she said, you know, her family wasn't real happy with her, but she was adamant. She's like, we're not going to have a bad, you know, bill. We're going to keep it under control. And um, they've been very, you know, careful about, you know, whatever they're running in the house and not running multiple things, um, you know, over and over, like not doing excessive laundry because that that is a big energy sucker. Um, Trying to um, maybe wash the dishes a little differently, like maybe have a, a bucket of water in the, you know, sudsy water and, and washing that way rather than running the, the dishwasher. I mean, so um, I think there's ways to do it. There's one of the other ways, which is kind of, I think, unique that we don't really talk about a lot is going into the website and doing, we have a little, we have really cool interactive stuff and, you know, um, electricity and your electricity bill isn't always very sexy right, or very right. interesting and people aren't like you know gee i really want to dig into that yeah. you know but there are some really cool interactions that you can do on our website that we've built um and one of them is you can you can plug in certain things and a lot of it will be fed in because we can pick up your account and mm. your usage and all of that fun stuff you know when do you use and how long etc cetera, etc cetera. and it'll tell you hey you know, you might be better on a different price plan. And we have we have different ways that you can get charged for your electricity. They, the, If you do change, it usually requires a behavior change. But if, it, if you're being recommended by the system, you might already be doing those things. Like you might already be um, running your dishwasher in the middle of the night. You know, you're not running it in, at four o'clock in the afternoon. And there's ways that that will cut your, your, your fees as well. So... Um, yeah, so check out the website. Yeah. And that's lakelandelectric.com, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I feel like there are a number of small adjustments we can make that probably add up over time mm-hmm. to make a difference. And you're right. I don't think people, we don't think about it when prices are low or it's, you know, the, the bills are kind of what we expect or what we've seen in the mm-hmm. past. But when we see that uptick oh my gosh, and it's right? sudden, then people start to ask what's going on. And so, yeah, yeah that's helpful, the the explanation. And that's what I have tried to, to convey to people is what you said, that it's the marketplace, the things that have been happening mm-hmm. uh, in the natural gas market and uh, in Russia, Ukraine, that side of the world, but then the gas line that was out, you know, that on top yeah, of it. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the hedging program as well, because I do think that's a huge component of We've actually, I think, been able to keep prices for our customers lower because mm-hmm. of that uh, over time. And so that's been really important. And I know that's been strategic you know, from our staff as well. Mm-hmm. So we talked about fuel rates. So let's talk about the base rate and the base rate mm-hmm. study that's being done. Mm-hmm. And I guess, one, what is the base rate? When we talk in these terms of different rates, I wouldn't expect most people to even know that we have two different, either different rates on your your bill. You're just looking at the bottom line. So what is the base rate? So, so it's about the base rate kind of probably is about half the bill. Okay. Okay. Um, So it's your customer charge and, and that's um, I think it's $11 if I'm remembering correctly. Um, And it basically covers the, the cost for the, the customer facing 
things that you have. So eight ways to pay the, the call center and, and, um, postage for mailing people who still get a paper bill. Um, that kind of stuff, um, is, is what the customer fee. So anything that's, that, help serve you, our customer, and get you what you need to know, whether it be your bill or whether it be the website where you can go and, and find more information on how to cut your bill. Um, so that's one component of base. The other side is the energy charge. And the energy charge is how much it costs us to make the electricity, not fuel though, fuels by itself, remember. Um, but, you know, the power plant and the people who run the power plant and then the poles and the wires that take the electricity that we've generated and roll it to your home. Um, and then the maintenance for those poles and wires and, and the power plant. Um, so that those are the, the, the costs. And of course, it's broken down according to customer. So, you know, an industrial customer is not paying the same as someone who owns a home. It's we have different classes for that. So um, and in very much we try to I think this is really important is that we do not like to see other customer classes carrying the weight of other classes. Um, so we work really hard and that you're going to learn more about that as we move forward with, you know, the presentations, we have one on the fifth, um, about, you know, where we're headed, um, and what we're considering to need for an increase. And then after that, the one in, um, December, um, we'll be discussing these customer classes and how do we break it up? Mm. So no one, yeah. I think subsidy is a, is a four letter word. Sure. Um, and we don't, and so you really want everyone to pay their fair share. So, um, so that's basically, um, base rate is your energy and your customer. And then the rest of the bill is like, you have, um, environmental fees because we have federal mm. regulations that we have to adhere to and that costs money. And so we have that set up under an environmental fee and then we have taxes. There's, a, there's a collection of, of taxes that are attached there, um, so, and then um, I think that's it. I'm not looking at the bill right now to tell you that, but that's basically the breakup. But base rate, what you do is you look at that about every four years and you say, are we still recovering what we need to stay healthy? Um, so as a municipal utility, our, our reason to exist is to provide money to the city for the city to have, you know, uh, in my opinion, a higher standard of living. Yeah. I mean, we have phenomenal police and fire. We have phenomenal parks and rec. Um, and all of that is, is you know, part of why we give the city the money is to help with things like that, um, to make sure that, you know, we can help with um, salaries or um, special projects even sometimes. Um, so... It goes into the general fund, um, and I think it's about thirty million typically annually. I mean, it's a percentage of our revenue, so it does go yeah. up and down. But it's it's you know the baseline is about thirty million. So we're not here to um, make a profit for our for our shareholders. Right. We're here to um, you know gather the money that that we can fairly and and not gate you know gouge the people um and then turn around and give that back yeah. um and i think that i love that model um i think that resounds with me and kind of you know why i've chosen to work in government because i like that model i think it, you know i feel like at the end of the day i can go home and sleep well knowing that you know i'm working for an entity that that does that that makes a difference in my community 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's helpful. A couple of things. The Hearing you break down the different charges on the bill, I'm reminded of, oh, yeah, that's how that works. Usually I just look at the total amount and then yeah. water usage and electric usage. But yep. I'm not diving into yeah. those different line items. But it is a good reminder. And I have said uh, when people ask about fuel rates or the upcoming base rate study and whatever those recommendations will be, that it's always difficult as government leaders, as elected officials, whenever you have to raise fees on anything. But we have to make sure that our electric utility is in a strong position now and well into the future. And so looking at the overall expenses, cost of providing that infrastructure, everything that you just explained that it takes to get power to the homes and businesses to make sure that we're charging the right rate for that. And and it makes sense that that study is done about every four years. That's just different costs and things typically go up. So yeah, that's helpful. And I know we will be hearing more information on on that pretty soon, you as will. you said, the, the you next will. utility committee meeting, Correct. which is a reminder to those out there is uh, all of the commissioners are on the utility committee. And then we have a number of uh, residents and, and different folks from the community who sit on that as well. And mm-hmm. we make decisions, uh, policy decisions that are eventually approved by the full commission. But it's that's been an interesting and fun experience for me to sit mm-hmm. on that utility committee and really just get an inside look at this industry, at the business. Yeah, it's educational for sure. I know I I came into this industry about eight years ago. Um, I came from the transportation industry. So I'm familiar with infrastructure, but not energy infrastructure. So, um, you know, I'm still learning things, you know. I mean, there's just so much to learn. There's so many different pieces and parts. But, um, yeah, I would encourage if people wanted to learn more about the ins and outs of how we work. And um, I think, you know, that is a great opportunity. We try to bring things to that to that forum that, you know, we feel like are really relevant in that period in time, but also um, that can carry like we want we want to kind of educate you on messages that you're going to hear over and over. So, you know, rate cases, like I said, they're going to come every four mm-hmm. years. So, um, and we have a few commissioners who've gone through it once. Um, I, this will be your first. This is my first, first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and it's a process. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage people to listen, though. So let's step back and talk about Lakeland Electric as an organization. Just some general facts about the utility, how long it's been around, how many employees we have, just anything that you think that uh, is helpful for our residents to know. Sure. Um, so we're owned by the city of Lakeland, which I think is the, the most important thing for people to understand. And that all of our money, um, well, not all of our money, but the majority of our money that we make will go back to the city itself to help uh, with different programs in the city. Um, it was, uh, the city purchased it in 1904. And it was a, a gentleman had built um, a power station right next to Lake Muir and um, sold it to the city. And um, back then it wasn't called Lakeland Electric. It was called the Department of Electricity. Um, and over the years, they eventually named it Lakeland Electric. Um, we have currently about 138,000, 37,000 customers. Okay. Um, and that extends beyond, many of you out there know this, beyond the city limits. We have people in the service area who are in the county, uh, but they are Lakeland mm-hmm, Electric mm-hmm. customers. And Polk City. And Polk City, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. And um, we have about, um, probably about 360 employees, which is about right-sized. Um, we have a formula that we look at. It's um, 
you know, how many employees we have versus how many customers we have. And there's like a national average of what you try to hit. And we're right in that, that where we should be. So I think we're, we're right sized for that. Um, you know, you talked about the dividend that mm-hmm. Lakeland Electric gives back to the city. And that is huge. It is a big reason why we can provide, I think, the quality of services to our city, to our residents, while maintaining a low property tax rate. I mean, mm-hmm. that has been key, that that piece of having that dividend uh, as part of our budget has really made that possible. And so that's, and that requires good fiscal management uh, you know, on the utility side. And, mm-hmm. and um, so I just, th- that is something that is, it is a key feature of a municipal utility. It's in one way that we're different than the Dukes and Ticos and other mm-hmm. uh, utilities that are in the state of Florida. So uh, yeah, and we in that you know kind of prompts we tend to be municipals tend to be lower in pricing um, because it's locally run and there's ways that you know you can um, run a, a tighter ship that way. Um, we're typically in the lowest quartile of of price in mm. this in the state. It's good to know. Um, yeah. The the fuel rate, though, with fuel going up, we I think we bounced up to the middle range um, towards the end of the summer, but we're getting back into the first quartile again. So, you know, we're we're proud about that. That's yeah. a that's a big thing, and that's hard for people to to swallow because a lot of times they're like, well, it's still a lot of money, you know, it's still and electricity. We got you know we understand that's a main bill in a home, you know, you can't you can't do anything without right. that bill. So. Uh, we have to kind of understand the, the level of importance that plays in people's, you know, pocketbook. Absolutely. One fact I'll share is that we have a new general manager of Lakeland Electric. So mm-hmm. Mike Beckham, who's been serving as interim general manager since Joel Ivey left at the end of last year, was it in, yeah, right at the end of 2021, uh, beginning of 2022, yeah. if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And so congratulations to Mike on stepping into that role permanently. And so he is uh, at the leadership position at Lakeland Electric, and I'll have to have him on sometime just to talk about how that's going and getting into that I think seat. that's a great idea, and, yeah. Um, yeah, what, so as you talk about some of these facts, are there some common misconceptions that you and your team run into about Lakeland Electric or just things that you feel like it, it's good for people to know or you're, you're having to clear up sometimes just in the course of yeah. communication with, with our people? Yeah, I think the the what happens with our profit is misconstrued a lot. Um, and I think that goes back to just, it's not, you know, no one sits down on a Saturday morning and says, let me dig into my electric bill. Let me figure out how this works. I mean, it's just not something that we typically do, but, um, to understand that what profit is made, um, is off of low rates and goes back to the city. It doesn't go back to shareholders. And I think that's really critical. Um, I, I wish um, we could kind of get that normalized, that yeah. people understood that. Um, but that's hard. That's hard. It's, like I said, if it was a little bit more sexy, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things we, we run into consistently. Um, it's just that unaware. And we try to talk about it. Like Catherine will do a lot of like, you know, what it means to be a municipal and what are the differences and what are the benefits? And so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think unless you're around it every day, you may not know what is a municipal utility. What does if that I didn't mean? work here, what, <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. I, I probably, you yeah. know, I, I, and I, and I said that it was like when I first got the job here, I was like, Oh, 
That's for utility. Okay. That's all right. Well, teach me about right, that, you know? That? So yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I, you know, been yeah. there, done that. I, I think there is often a perception and sometimes maybe it's a misconception that in government, government staff may not be as committed to customer service as you would find in the private sector or this, again, perception of, oh, it doesn't move as fast. And what I have seen from my position as city commissioner is we have a team at Lakeland Electric that is absolutely dedicated to customer service, that mm -hmm. hustles, that really takes that as seriously as anyone else would, I think, in the marketplace. And so I've seen that, and that's encouraging mm -hmm. to be able to go out and say, it, yes, it's government-owned, it's owned by the city. However, we have very talented people in leadership and on throughout mm -hmm. the organization who are making this run. And when it's offline, when we have an incident, they are hustling again just to to serve the people of Lakeland. So that's been neat just to have an inside look at that. Yeah, we have, you know, we have a lot of employees that are there 30, 35, um, some even 40 years. So we have a lot of history. We have a lot of people that this is their, you know, this has been their career um, working for the electric company. And so that breeds a lot of passion. Yeah. Um, it, it breeds a lot of, um, you know, your reason for existing kind of, this is, this is what I do. Um, so yeah, we do have really amazing people. Um, and I, you know, in my position with legislative and regulatory, I get to work with a lot of the different departments. I kind of work over, um, you know, just with these departments and, and get to get to know each one of them and, and know that I can go to them and get, you know, random weird questions and like, Hey, I don't know if you're going to know this, but yeah. I need help with this. And they come back with, well, here's what you need to do. And then I'm always amazed. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy shared with me before we started recording that during the storm, you were leading the conduit team. And so that is the, the role there is to make sure that the different departments units are communicating and sharing information. And that was a lesson learned from Irma. And I, yeah. I found that very interesting. And also just, I think it's great that we have dedicated resources to the internal communications. Me being a communications guy, mm -hmm. I just, I, I was excited to hear that. And yeah. I'm sure that made a huge difference. It's behind the scenes. A lot of people will never see that or even know that that happened. But I just, I wanted to mention that because uh, I think that's great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was definitely a learning. We um, realized that we had, you know, 30 pods of different worker bees out there for Irma and sometimes you know the message needed to be passed and you know because you're so focused on your mission you're not necessarily saying oh I really want to make sure that this other group knows about this decision or this change or um, that we're you know reevaluating we got to go to a different part of yeah. the territory because this part is flooded and we don't have the right equipment you know stuff like that and so so th our team was, you know, there's, there's three of us and our whole thing is just to constantly be talking to all the um, pods of work and making sure that we're, you know, telling the other groups, hey, did you know this is what just happened? Or, hey, we're missing this. Can you fill that gap? Hmm. And it worked. It yeah. worked pretty well. That's good. I'll end with this question. And you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what would you say is your favorite part about working for Lakeland Electric? Um, I really... I enjoy that this is my hometown. I'm mm -hmm. from here, grew up here. And so it's just, I, I think, um, I don't know that I would be, if I worked for a utility, say, in another town, even if it was a municipal, I don't know that I would have the same connection that I feel like I have here. Because yeah. I, I know the streets. Mm -hmm. I know the buildings. I know 
the people um, in a way that is far more intimate than if I had, you know, chosen to, to work for another utility. So I think that for me is very important. That's very personal. Yeah, um, that makes it more than a job. Just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. your home, it's your community. Very much so. Passion and pride in that work. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, Cindy, I really appreciate you coming on a view from Lakeland City Hall, taking time out of your day to come and talk through these different topics. And again, just shout out to all the the linemen, the staff, everyone who worked so hard after Ian to get people's power back up in a pretty quick time frame. So we we really appreciate that. Thank you. That. Thank you for, for that. Thank you very much for tuning in to A View from Lakeland City Hall in this episode with Cindy Clemens of Lakeland Electric. What a great interview. Really appreciate Cindy coming on. If you have any questions, suggestions, ideas for interviews, feel free to contact me, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. Always enjoy hearing from people out there. I want to thank InFocus Studios for allowing me to utilize their awesome podcast studio space. So if you are a podcaster or you are an aspiring podcaster in the Lakeland area and need a place to record, check out this place. It's great. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you back again soon.